0: Hey everyone! Welcome or welcome back to the Dear Parents podcast, where we make an effort to bridge the gap between adults and teenagers. I am your host, Julia Shadman, and on this podcast we discuss topics that Generation Z finds to be important in order to have a conversation with our parents, grandparents, teachers, and more on why we are so passionate about these certain issues. On today's episode, I wanted to discuss how COVID-19, lockdown and online school has affected the mental health of many teenagers over the last year and a half. Additionally, I wanted to discuss how parents, grandparents, teachers and administrators can help their children or students with their mental struggles and the transition back to regular school and regular life starting in the fall. Um, Joining us today, on the very first episode, our former health and wellness officers at South Pasadena High School, Tanali Garcia Rodriguez and Noah Kuhn, and Aurelia Olguin, who was one of the leaders of our Peer Mediators Club at South Pass High School, starting the discussion. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys, you know, how has your mental health changed over quarantine? And, um, you know, like what were the causes of this, I guess, Um, because I asked a couple students at South Pass how they would describe their mental health in like two or three words. And I got a lot of awful, lonely, bored, isolated, quiet and stuff like that. So I just wanted to ask you guys about your mental health.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can start. Um, I definitely think my mental health shifted a lot, but I think it wasn't necessarily all bad. There was definitely a lot of feeling lonely and bored, mostly due to being alone, I think, Um, and a lot of boredom, like I said. But I do think that there was some positive aspects. Like, I definitely feel a lot more I definitely got a lot more comfortable with being alone and just being by myself and learning to deal with things by myself. And I do think that that's not necessarily a bad thing that came from quarantine, but overall I would have to agree with um, everyone else. I feel like it was definitely a hard time of just being very isolated and alone.
2: Yeah, I would second what Aurelia said. I think it was definitely difficult not to see People every day at school, I feel like we all sort of took that for granted of like just seeing our friends every day and when it wasn't just presented to you and you sort of had to take the effort to like hang out when also it wasn't super safe. So like I sort of didn't hang out with a lot of people for months on end and then something that really helped me was like running and being with the cross country team because I got to see people every day Um, because besides that I didn't really see many people so It was definitely hard. As Aurelia said, I did get better at like being by myself and entertaining myself. Um, But I am very excited to be back, to go back and see everyone at school.
3: I definitely had a lot of anxiety as most people did at the very beginning because obviously we're in a pandemic. That's a very scary situation to be in and my family is the type of family that always had the news on. So we were getting all these updates at the beginning when we didn't really know anything and everyone was freaking out as they should. And before the vaccine, anything like that. So it was, it made me really anxious because I was like, I don't know when this is going to end. I don't feel safe right now. My family doesn't feel safe. This is really scary. So that's something that I, along with a lot of people, definitely experienced. And I think kind of more so coming. Out of it towards the end, I even saw myself kind of losing a lot of motivation and being very sluggish. There was just very and very drained um, after all the zooms with school and just going through what we went through the last year. That a, takes a lot of toll on a person. So I just kind of saw myself lose a lot of my motivation to do a lot of things. But I think what's kind of helped me is just remember to take time. Do the small things that i really love like whether it's going on a walk or now i get to see my friends every so often so even though that definitely took a toll on me i'm starting to build that back up and charge my battery as some may say
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think being a kid and like trying to look up to people who also like don't know what's going on and are feeling as unmotivated and like lost as we are, it's pretty scary. So I agree with all of you. I think I went through pretty much the same thing. Um, So um, the next question I wanted to ask was, um, how can parents be more helpful about their child's mental struggles and what can they do to make them feel safer and, you know, like bring up that motivation and that, I don't know, happiness again, going back into normal life.
2: I can start um, really quickly going back to the previous question, I would just also add that, like, with everything that was going on in the world at the time, like with the election and with like protests and all that, I think that compounded with the pandemic really left me feeling hopeless and just just like everything was out of my control at times. So that that did make it worse. But as far as parents, I feel like the thing is, my parents and other parents, I feel like they only they'll sort of bring up mental health, like when it's visibly like not it's like a negative, like they sort of just confront it when it seems like to be a challenging thing. But Like it's still important to talk about even if you appear happy or you just like appear like you're doing well, like I I think that needs to be more focused on too. So it's sort of preventing people getting into these harmful places instead of just like, okay, once you're there, then like, here are some resources, like trying to take more of a proactive approach would be really helpful. And from much younger age as well, to sort of normalize the conversations about mental health.
1: Yeah, I was going to say something very similar just having very open conversations about mental health and I think that it sort of goes both ways especially in this in this really strange time that we just went through like like you said Julia you know looking up to people who are most likely your parents and having no idea what they even think cuz they've never been through this is it sort of needs to be a two-way thing I think. Another thing that I think when it comes to having conversations is I know that for me personally, when I'm like going through something or just not having a good day, sometimes I don't want to talk about it in the moment to my parents and I really appreciate it when they understand that and give me my space. Um, So I think that's another thing that can definitely help um, kids when we just sort of need our space to recharge and figure out. All of this that's going on around us.
3: Yes, I have to agree. I do love my space sometimes when I'm going through things and I don't want my parents bombarding me, asking me questions. But just to add on to what Noah and Aurelia said, yeah, just always make sure to have open conversations and try your best not to make your kids' mental health struggles seem like a burden for the family because I've talked to a lot of people who are afraid to mention certain things to their parents because they know how they're going to react and it's going to be poorly and be like oh like what's wrong with you you have a good life why are you having these mental health struggles when the reality is like no matter how good your life is no money no matter how many resources you have we can all go through these types of things and especially right now I feel like that's just the age you know I feel like people are like angsty teen for a reason, but it's like, no, we have a lot that we're processing and going through at this age. So we have a right to like feel this way. And especially this past year, like I said, we went through a lot. <laughs> it was a lot even for adults. So yeah, just to know, let your child know that you really support them no matter what and you're always going to be there for them. And I think at the end of the day too, each parent's going to know what's best for their kid because, you know, you've raise them because every kid is different and is going to want something different. So just have those open conversations with your kid and give them space if they need it, or maybe go on a nice walk with them or on a drive just to take their mind off things too.
0: Yeah, I I agree with everything you guys are saying. And I think that our generation is going to experience or is experiencing mental health in a different way that our parents have. So I think as a parent, you should understand that this is very different, like growing up with a pandemic and technology at our hands and constantly being online and all of these crazy political things going on around us. We're going to have different mental journeys than you had when you were a teenager. So I think it's really important to listen to your kids and like have them tell you how you can help them, because I think that's the best way to go about it.
2: I think it's it would be beneficial if parents tried to lead by example sometimes um, and like share their own, you know, as much as they're comfortable, their own mental health. Um, struggles or successes and what's worked for them because if you're just if someone's just sort of like focusing on the child then that it's just more helpful if you see someone do it you know talking about their feelings and their mental health openly and that will make you sort of normalize that behavior so as much as like the parents are comfortable put unloading on the kids not you know obviously don't want to burn them but you know, if they can lead by example, I think that might help more um, kids and teenagers especially feel comfortable sharing.
0: And so now kind of shifting a little bit, um, how can teachers be more helpful to their students? We talked about parents and how they can help their child, but um, I think teachers are also a, a big role or take on a big role in a teenager's or child's life. So how can teachers help?
1: Um, I feel like, you know, we're about to go back to, you know, somewhat of a normal schedule in life. And I think the transition is really going to be difficult for a lot of people. And I feel like if teachers can focus on on accommodating students and how the pandemic, may, pandemic and other events may have impacted them is going to be really important. And I think just You know, our school has lots of different resources for mental health um, that students can use. But I think if the teachers also make it known that they are a resource and, you know, you can come to them and they can be someone there for you, that can be really helpful. But just, you know, overall realizing that like what we just went through is insane and it most likely impacted everyone differently and everyone is going to be going through something, even if it's very minor, like it's still going to be a huge adjustment for everyone, including the teachers. So I think that's just going to be a huge thing for everyone to remember.
2: I'll also, oh, sorry. I'll also add, um, okay, this, I don't want to be too critical of teachers, but I think sometimes they need to like practice what they preach almost. Like they'll, they'll sort of say all these things in support of mental health, but then what they assign or just how they run the class isn't following what they're saying in support of mental health so it's very important not just to say these things but also act in ways that support students and support their mental health Um, because I think as Aurelia said there are a lot of amazing resources on campus but like so I feel like we should try to make it so it's like we don't want to like stress students to the point where they feel like not that the resources are bad, but it's almost like, as I was saying before, we want to like prevent them needing to be in that place that they like feel the need to like, I don't know, seek out more, some of the serious resources. So it's trying to like be more proactive and like not giving so much unnecessary homework and not giving tests that, you know, don't often reflect how well students are learning and doing those what may seem like small measures to reduce stress can then help, you know, take the load off some of the counselors and social workers who are ending up having so many students coming to them. And that, you know, will just help the whole system and create better support for students, I think.
3: I agree. I think as long as teachers have the mindset that, like Aurelia said, that I don't know. You can't just ignore what happened to everyone and everyone's not going to be okay after everything we've gone through. So you can't really expect to require what we did before any of this happened. And I know, I think when did this happen? Like beginning of junior year before we went on like a really long spring break. Um, uh, I remember I was just like, like junior year like really kicked my butt like I know everyone said they're like oh junior year is so bad and I was like okay but I can't be that bad and then I got to junior year and I was like oh my god and then that was like coupled with some like family problems too that was happening and I was just so stressed out and literally like breaking down at school and I remember I like wouldn't I like couldn't put myself to like ask my teachers to give me extensions on things or like just help like and I eventually did but it took me to like such a breaking point to do that and I feel like one that was like an issue with me having to like kind of reflect and be like okay why was I so scared to ask for help but then also just like I felt like I was kind of a failure if I was asking for the help that I needed necessarily from teachers so I think it's also having to take like i don't know the culture at our school and be like it's okay if you need help it's okay if you can't do this one assignment like your mental health is more important than school at times i know it's like a controversial thing that maybe to say but that's the reality of it um and yeah just i don't i don't even know necessarily though how teachers would like help that conversation happen because i know they say oh if you need an extension just ask but it, i don't know it usually takes a lot more than that and sometimes yeah, I think just if they could, I know the workload is insane at South Pass sometimes. So if they can really reflect on that and be like, our students just went through a lot, let's cut them some slack, that would definitely help. And then just having more open conversations, as we mentioned earlier, with everyone about it. Um, because this is a good time to really try and figure out what's best for your mental health, you know, before we go off to college, before we go off into the real world or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point. And South Pass is a very academically driven school. Uh, It's very, it's not very hard to keep up, but it's pretty challenging being a student there. And like, I often find myself comparing, comparing my academic achievements to people who have graduated and Like, oh, my God, they got into this school. Like, how am I going to get into there? Like, it's crazy. But um, I think teachers should definitely let it be known. Like, they're there to help you. Like, it's, yes, they are the teacher. They're assigning the work. But I think it's more important to know that your student is being successful than, to, you know, get that um, assignment in by that deadline or whatever. But um, I think that coming out of the pandemic, you know, these mental struggles are not going to go away. Um, And it may even be harder. So I think another question is, like, how are parents and how are teachers going to provide a better transition back into normal life? Because, I mean, even before the pandemic, it was hard and like being in high school with social interactions and now social anxiety has heightened even more. It's going to be even more of a challenge um, to like feel comfortable at school. So how do you think parents and teachers can help their students and their children um, transition?
2: Well, I think the first thing is people can't think of it like we're going back to a normal year because like the experiences we've had in the pandemic don't just, they won't just go away. Like we'll still have those experiences with us. So it's not going to be, you know, the way it was. Um, And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I think that's like the first thing that everyone needs to accept is that it's going to be different. And we sort of need to, as um, I can't remember who was saying it, but like just how we need to have conversations about, I think, you were saying like, like embrace, you know, what we've, what we've faced and talk about it and have the teachers acknowledge that and not just, you know, ignore and pretend like it didn't happen. So I think really just engaging in those conversations. And as I was saying before, if like teachers and parents can sort of, you know, lead by example and show what, you know, not keep it like, you know, for teachers, they shouldn't, you know, keep, keep it sort of professional, I guess, but still share, you know, how this has affected everyone themselves included. So just be cognizant of that.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything that Noah said. I think teachers being open about their experience is going to be really important. Um, But I think overall taking this transition just like as slow as possible because I remember even like at the end of this last semester when we went back to like a little hybrid only a few days a week, even that really just was a lot. And I know coming off of, you know, what we just went through in the past year and a half, going back to like a completely normal schedule of, you know, five days a week, you know, six classes in person every day is going to be a lot. Um, And so I think taking it slowly and realizing that everyone has had a different experience in the past year and a half, and it's going to be a different transition for everyone. And I think if teachers and parents can both realize that, you know maybe everyone's not going through the exact same thing but everyone is going to be going through something is going to be important to just recognize and you know be accommodating and make sure that this experience can you know be taken not can just be taken slowly and not you know seem like we're trying to rush back to any to what we think is normal which you know who knows if we'll ever get back to what we perceive as normal um Yeah,
3: yeah. I'd basically just second everything Aurelia and Noah just said, and just for teachers and parents to know that even though it might have only taken a year for a lot of students to kind of gain or develop these mental health struggles, it's not just going to take a year to get over all of them. I think everything we faced during the pandemic is going to really stay with us for the rest of our lives, especially because we went through them at such like a, I don't know, vital age. Um, we're always going to remember. And I think it's always going to be something that's lurking that we kind of have to face and confront to really work at. So just knowing that, I don't know, they themselves know how hard it was to go through all of this. So only imagine being like 15, 16, 17, and even younger, having to experience all those things and not accepting the norm of everyone, as we said earlier, because this isn't normal. This isn't a normal thing to go through. And Like Aurelia said, to be thrown back into our normal schedule is a lot to ask of us and just of anyone. So just like she said, take things slow and really just like keep that in the back of your mind. Like you can't expect the normal out of anyone and don't really shame anyone for having to deal with these things for a long time after. Cause I feel like a toxic thing that maybe parents or teachers could do is like, oh, you're just using this as an excuse again. And it's like, no, what we went through we're so intense with everything that this is really what we're having to battle for a long time.
0: It's, it's going to be a really hard transition back, I think. I mean, even going back to hybrid, I know I chose to go back to school for like half of the week, but a lot of people didn't. And I mean, hybrid was, I mean, not exhausting, like, but I definitely felt tired like going, waking up, going to school, sitting in the classroom. I forgot how tiring that felt. I guess I was just used to it before. Um, But I mean, just rolling out of bed and hopping on Zoom, it wasn't as exhausting as going to school physically. And that was only for like two days a week. So um, it'll be a little, a little bit of a struggle going back like a full five days. And for the people who didn't go back at all, I think that'll be, um, tough. Um, so I think teachers should definitely be a little more lenient at the beginning of the year, at least hopefully throughout the whole year, they can show a little mercy to the students. And I know teachers had, um, a bit of a struggle as well, but, um, you know their job is to make sure their students are okay and being successful so i think that's really important and you know south pass it's it's a pretty good school i would say like we i think we at least recognize mental health a little bit maybe we're not the best but there are some schools out there who don't recognize it at all and i think that's important to recognize like they don't have as good of counselors as we have, and they don't have a health and wellness officer. So um, I think schools all across LA and maybe the US are going to have a difficult time um, making sure their students are okay going back to school. And I know Tenali is going to college in the fall, how are you feeling about that?
3: I'm feeling very, as of now, I don't even know how to process it because it was really funny. After graduation, I really thought I would cry, but I, I I was just felt so numb. I was like, okay, just another thing that happened. And then there was like a dance right after, like I really couldn't process everything that's happened. So I don't even think I processed graduating high school so i can't really even think about i'm like oh yeah i'm going to college in the fall but i am a little nervous not in a bad way it's like i feel like good nerves but i think i'll probably be taking like an online course just to get acquainted to the pace of everything um because i was talking to my mom she's like i know you probably don't want to do like summer school right now but she's like you know, you're going to have to be facing this whole new thing, like in the fall. So maybe it's good to get a head start just so you go through the nerves of all of that now. So you have some idea. And I'm like, that is very true. But I'm also very excited because it's something new. And I'll be on campus. I don't know if they're doing instruction, like in person instruction yet. Um, They haven't decided, but at least I'll be on the door in the dorms. So That's exciting. But I also don't start until October. So (laughs) I have a a lot of summer to go through first. Yeah, I guess that's good. You have a little bit of a
0: break before you jump back into school, but also it's like a completely new school, which is something like I haven't even thought about. I mean, I've been at South Pass like my whole life. So it's pretty crazy, but also exciting. It's a new environment. Um, yeah. Um, anything you guys want to add about um, transitioning back or just anything
1: overall?
2: Yeah. I'll add something. Um, I think the most important thing for parents, teachers, administrators to do is really listen to students. And obviously, we're only four perspectives here. Everyone has their own unique perspective. So I really hope that all the adults take the time to listen and really hear what students are going through. And, you know, don't just listen to say you've listened, actually listen and, you know, empathize with us. So that's the most important thing.
0: I fully agree. I think... um... Even during online school, there were teachers that I had who would really push for trying to be as normal as possible when it really wasn't a normal school year. So I don't think the next year will be normal either um, because we've all gathered all these experiences from the last year in the pandemic. Um, And I think a lot of us have grown in ways, maybe not like educationally but like in ourselves we've all grown a little bit hopefully for the better I think it was definitely a learning experience and I mean I'm very interested to see how next year is going to be um and yeah these are only four perspectives on how we're coming back to school and mental health but um And we're all only high schoolers. Well, not Tanali, she has graduated, but (laughs) Um, I think even for elementary schoolers and middle schoolers, all of this applies. Even if it's not as rigorous as high school, I would still assume that younger kids are going through mental struggles, which is sad because it's so early, but it's probably true. I would like to give a big, big thank you to my guests on this episode Tanali, Noah and Aurelia for sharing their perspectives on COVID-19 and its effects on mental health. I hope everyone in the audience, whether you are a parent, teacher, administrator or caregiver, has learned something valuable in regards to having open conversations about mental health in order to create a safer and healthier environment coming out of this pandemic. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email me at thedearparentspodcast at gmail.com, and I will be posting resources on streaming platforms under the description of the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you next time.